0: You're listening to the Trailblazers podcast, episode 12 with Candice Mitchell.
1: We raised over $500,000 in in speed capital to really get our business going. And now we are sustainable through our customer base. And so we're kind of like the uh, untraditional startup in the sense where We're not venture back, um, but we've had the humbling privilege of learning how to grow a business and sustain off of your revenue. You're listening
0: to the Trailblazers podcast, where we will explore the stories of successful Black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished Trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart. Hey guys, welcome back to the Trailblazers podcast. Our guest on today's episode is an amazing young entrepreneur. Her name is Candace V. Mitchell. Now, Candace is the co-founder and CEO of Texturized Inc., which is the company behind her hair brand, Mayavana. Candace is using technology to revolutionize the $3 billion African-American hair care market. And Mayavana which Candace founded back in 2012, is actually a mobile app that's described as a concierge for black hair care. Uh, and it really is connecting clients with stylists and also encouraging community through photo sharing and tips. Now, Candace is a graduate of the Georgia Institute of Technology, and she has a bachelor's degree in computer science. Now, in today's episode, we discuss what inspired her to go from a degree in computer science to getting into entrepreneurship and starting her, her own business so early. Uh, We talked about how she went about getting capital to start her business and her advice to other entrepreneurs on preparing for that process. We talked about her getting into the 2016 Forbes 30 under 30 and what what that has meant for her brand. And we discussed how, you know, she's managed to, to market the brand in cost effective ways and what young girls and, and women with an interest in STEM can do to begin, um, equipping themselves for success. And we talked about so much more, uh, Everyone can can certainly come away with some wisdom from today's episode but I'm especially happy to let our young women entrepreneurs listening know that you know you've got some knowledge waiting for you in today's episode. Candice is a, a young 28-year-old woman with wisdom beyond her years and I wished, you know, that I had as much knowledge as she does today, you know, when I began my first business back at the age of 28. That said, you know, let's go ahead and dive into today's episode with Candice, and I hope you enjoy.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Trailblazers podcast. With me today is Candace Mitchell, the co-founder and CEO of Texturize, Inc., the company behind the brand Myavana. Candice, welcome to the show, and thank you so very much for coming on today.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me.
2: So I've I've shared a little bit about you in our intro, but we we want our community to look past your achievements for a minute and have somewhat of an opportunity to, to connect with you so they don't you know, they don't feel like you're someone that they can't relate to. So tell us something that's not polished for media, but it's a hundred percent Candace.
1: A hundred percent me. I am very outgoing, very fun, always smiling. So I'm pretty sure if you ever approached me I would act like as if you were a long term friend and I I get along with a lot of people. I know a lot of people and I'm very, um, creative expressively. I write poetry on wow. in my spare time whenever I have spare time or when I just feel like I need to get stuff out. And I also do a lot of journaling. So I have a, a writing and artistic side actually. So I can, uh, that helps me work a different part of my brain <laughs> besides the tech stuff. So.
2: Right, I, I'm so interested by the fact that you know you you have this computer science degree, right? And then there's this this artsy, creative side of you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's really cool. So you completed a bachelor's degree in computer science at, at Georgia Tech, right?
1: Yes, I did.
2: What inspired you to go from you know a degree in in computer science to entrepreneurship and being a business owner?
1: Well, I came to a point in my major where I really felt like I wanted to apply the knowledge I was learning to something that was a personal passion of mine. I was at a point where I was kind of hitting a brick wall, honestly, um, in my major. I mean, the programming and learning about data structures and the whole nine, that was good, but I really felt like... I wanted to apply it to a real world problem that was mm-hmm. that I was really passionate about, and and that could really help me stay connected to what I was learning because I was coming to a point where I was feeling feeling very disconnected, um, especially oftentimes being the only female in class or the only black person in class, you kind of feel isolated. That's right. like you know what, I need to apply this to something that I love. Um and, and what that actually was at the time was hair. Um, I wanted to become a hairstylist, um, at one point in my life. But I was also learning about the hair business and how it was a booming industry, like a multi billion dollar industry, and black women like controlled the majority of sales in this market and so I really wanted to understand number one, um, kind of like the, the dynamics of the market, but, um, but number two, I know I always had issues with my hair, like finding the right products, and I know my friends and my sisters always dealt with the same issues, so I felt like there could be a good business opportunity that would allow me to combine my passion for hair and also my skills and technology to really create something innovative. That's when mm-hmm. I started to like create a bridge from, you know, just solely a computer science background to really understanding how can I apply this knowledge in in business and also in beauty as well. So that those are how like all the dots really connected for me.
2: That's awesome. Actually, in our, our last episode with with David Moody, you know, he talked about, you know, where passion, where your passion also needs to have a balance with your skill. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But but take it one step further. You found a demand in it, mm-hmm. too, which is, mm-hmm. is pretty interesting. You didn't jump into business straight out of college. You you actually had some time with with Pepsi, right?
1: Yes, that's correct. Um, I did feel it was important for me to get some work experience. Um, and also, I wanted to learn the dynamics of running a global organization because I knew that the vision that I had was a global. Vision and I just wanted to really experience that, and then also the CEO of Pepsi is an amazing woman, Indranui, and I was very inspired by her as a minority female CEO, and that was what ultimately drove my decisions to want to work for them. So yes, yeah, so I ended up spending a year there before i um decided to go into full time entrepreneurship. What was it
2: eventually propelled you to take a jump uh, of faith and and leave that nine to five and of course a sure income right from from working in yes. corporate to to pursuing <laughs> yes. this entrepreneurial endeavor and and I guess you know did you did you transition into that um, between the two or did you just leap forward in faith?
1: Yeah, well, the interesting story is that my steps came to be ordered in a really divine way to transition between corporate America to entrepreneurship. And mm-hmm. it started probably eight months into my job. I was recruiting for Pepsi at Georgia Tech, and I ran into my old professor who taught me entrepreneurship. And he had recently started a startup accelerator program at Georgia Sat Call Flashpoint. And he remembers my drive to want to be an entrepreneur. And he was very inquisitive about my current path being in corporate America and knowing that I was I really wanted to be an entrepreneur. And not only that, since I had graduated there was now this new program that really helped startups get launched. And he wanted to, he really showed me um, everything that they were starting at Tech. And I um, I um was really amazed. And I thought, wow, this would, you know, be awesome to really take my idea to the next level. And so that Man. was really a seed that was planted. And it was pretty much a domino effect from that point. Um, that evening, I ran into an old classmate who um, was also a computer science major and had just went natural. And she had so many questions about her hair and also realized how difficult it was to find information online that pertains to you, like the type of hair you mm-hmm. had, the texture, what products you use. So she started to feel that pain as well. She later became my co-founder. Um, we connected mm-hmm. with two other women who also the founders of Texturize and we began meeting probably weekly from then and about two months later we decided to apply to Flashpoint and we got accepted. And so about the next month I ended up, you know, uh, submitting my, re- my resignation letter uh, to my managers uh, because I really felt that this was really my calling to really move forward with the vision and idea that, um, was really placed on my heart where I could use, you know, my passion, skills, and talents to bring something innovative to market. And it was a perfect opportunity to, um, join Flashpoint because we also got some seed capital to start our business as well. And mm. so that's how I made the transition, which ended up being the, a uh, full lease of faith, um, because I, you know, resigned from my job and then I was a full time entrepreneur from that point. And, Right. That was almost almost four years ago. So <laughs>
2: That's awesome. So do you have, you know, you mentioned the professor, right? Do you have, mm-hmm. w- were there mentors? Do you have mentors right now, accountability partners outside of the business that, you know, are helping keep you guys on track and helping you, you know, navigate the growth process?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. We've had several mentors throughout the course of our company. We have really strong advisors right now, Um, and it's very important um, to be surrounded with people who have experience and can really help you make a little less mistakes than you might have if you had not had that mentorship, you know. But outside of the company, I also have personal mentors Mm -hmm. and people who really help me stay balanced and accountable in those areas, too, because um, I've gotten to a point where, you know, I grind so much and I'm over-exhausted. I think it's, it's important for entrepreneurs to remember that, You have to keep yourself balanced in order to keep being your best self to bring the best to your company. And so I definitely have, you know, personal mentors as well who can really um, help me with keeping that in mind because it's very easy to go hard 24 (laughs) seven. So yeah, definitely a lot of professional and personal mentorship is.
2: is key. Yeah, I have I have a lot, you know, even on that very point. It's 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 a point we all hold true, right? As mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, but the application, the practical side of it, you know, I actually have people who are entrepreneurs who have written to me, you know, because of listening to the podcast and said, you know, I have three kids and, you know, a <laughs> full-time and and my side hustle and it's like, you know, they're asking the question like how do I yeah. Employee balance, right? I mean it's 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 great to, to want to, you know, allocate that time to family and, and to mm-hmm. the other things. It's mm-hmm. very difficult when you're running a business, right?
1: Yeah, it's difficult and we don't prioritize it until we're forced to. Right. If we could be proactive with that, what you start to find is you're even more productive and you're more happy mm-hmm. and you have so much more clarity because you are at your best. You're you're on top of your game and I'm pretty right. sure you know with entrepreneurs who are parents you know your family is a great source of joy and encouragement so why not have that time so then you can pour that back into your business you know right. okay so, absolutely yeah, should definitely prioritize it before we're forced to <laughs>
2: very true very true um so, you know, you touched on, um, I guess through Flashpoint, right? Uh, is that the the, the funnel that got you seed funding?
1: Yes. Um, okay. one angel investor at the time did establish that uh, that fund that our batch um the batch of startups that we were in. Um right. but they're you know, they can be funded in different ways. So I would just, you know, call it seed capital that really got our yeah. company started. Um, But later on, we did have, um, you know, two two angel investors based in Atlanta invest in our business. Um, And other ways we funded our company is we did a crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo that was successful. Um, And we've also done a family and friends round. And we won several pitch competitions, too. And, And so with all those... Mean combined, um, in addition to our latest investor that's based out in, um, San Francisco, um, we, we raised over $500,000 in, in speed capital to really get our business going. And now we're, we are sustainable through our customer base. And so wow. we're kind of like the, uh, untraditional startup in the sense where or not venture back, um, but we've had the humbling privilege of learning how to grow a business and sustain off of your revenue growth. With it, right. yeah, it's a it's a mind shift, but it's like a mind shift back to the basics of business. Um, even though what you kind of see in the startup world is all about getting funding, but the way you really build a valuable business is you go through revenue. And so right. we've spent the last year just kind of really um, grabbing hold of that and figuring out the right model um, that would allow us to accomplish this all. And so now we're trying to build from there.
2: Got it. So if, you know, if there's someone coming behind you, right, that is looking at seed capital or, you know, looking to, to try and drive angel funding to a startup, what advice would you give them? You know, what what was that process like?
1: Uh, My advice would be you need to know your market inside and out. So You need to know your market, not just the numbers in terms of um, like the size of your market, but you need to know the very small nuances of the market that drive customer behavior. And that's the most valuable thing that you can ever learn because that's what the core of your business is going to operate from. And the way we were able to achieve that is through customer discovery. Um, in the beginning, we we interviewed thousands of women one-on-one about right. their hair experiences. And mm. that reveals to us the true reason of why we spend so much money in the market and what continues to drive our behavior. And so once you build a product or a business around that, you'll always be in business because so you're always evolving with your customer. Right. So I would say that is the best way to spend time because um, once you know that, you can talk to any investor with full confidence that you are going to execute on making this business successful. And that's what an investor needs when you pitch to them. They need to know, they need to be able to trust you that the money that they're they're going to invest in you is going to multiply and they're going to get a return. That's Mm -hmm.
2: awesome. I mean, so for those listening, you know, you guys can do some research on VOCs, Voice a Customer, and start doing some market research and tap into some of what Candice is mentioning here. This is great. So thanks for sharing that. So, you know, this is interesting because you didn't go to business school, right? I mean, you know, you have a mm-hmm. computer science degree, you know, so there's a lot that I'm sure even now you're probably still learning on the go like every day, right? Mm-hmm. We like to, on, on the podcast, we like to, to bring up um, the, the, the challenges, the fears, the failures that we sometimes go through as business owners because we all do right? Yes. Could you maybe tell us a story about a stumbling block or maybe failure that, you know, you had in the past while setting up and growing the business and share with us kind of how, what you did to overcome that.
1: Yes. So yes, it's very important to know that you're going to face failure. It's, it's pretty much unavoidable. And so my, my point of failure that really helps me grow a lot as an entrepreneur, really um, in the beginning of our business, really balancing the technical and business role in the beginning because I'm the CEO of our company, but I'm, a, I'm also a software developer, and I have a computer science background, which also affords me the knowledge to also be somewhat of a CTO role as well, and so I was really... um kind of holding both roles and it came to a point of failure because it's it's really kind of impossible to do that (laughs) well unless you're just not sleeping. Um, And so I really have to learn how to delegate and I really have to learn that you might be great at several things, but you just need to pick one thing that you're the best at, that you're going to excel at and really delegate the rest. And I think that sometimes we... To feel like we have to do it all, um, but it's really the strength of the team that's going to help you be successful. And, um, and so my way through that was really kind of, um, helped help me change my leadership style and not be so quick to, um, want to do everything that's that's pertinent to the company, but really focus on the areas that I'm really good at and kind of foster that and then, you know, be able to know what roles do I need to fill. And so I think it's a great learning lesson um, to be a little introspective as you think about what you're good at and what other roles or what other areas, based on your strengths and weaknesses, that you might need to have a partner come on board. Or have other people really compensate for those for those areas, and right. so um, that and, and once you can master that, you'll know what to say yes to and what to say no to, and it really helps you um, really endure and, and be successful without um, over exhausting yourself.
2: A lot of wisdom from a young woman like you, that's, that's awesome, that's Thank that's good. You. It's very important to know, you know, it's, it's a difficult process to, to, get, to get to the point where you're comfortable delegating and letting go, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. But so important. So a, a question I like to ask, okay, do you have fears of failing to achieve goals that you've set or are you more afraid of the responsibilities that follow when you actually achieve your goals?
1: That's a really great question. I, If I had to choose one or the other because I've kind of grown out of fear or, or being afraid, like I, I really believe in the goals that I set, I think it, it's, it's probably the aftermath of achieving those goals because right. to me, I'm like, okay, I'm always thinking about, like, do we have everything in place? You know, let's say we want to onboard 1,000 new customers next quarter, you know, do we have everything in place to manage, you know, the, um, the increased demand. Yeah, and so right. what I, in my head, I'm a very big picture person, so I can see all the parts that so, so, to me, I would be just crunching in my head, like I'm thinking of every single part and ensuring that we can manage. And so I think that's, I, that's what, uh, that, that's what kind of drives those feelings. I would just be thinking about. Cause I know we're going to achieve it. Like I, cause I mean, that's just how I operate. I know operate in the realm of possibility. So it's not a matter of if we're going to do it. Is this, you know, what's going to happen afterwards that I always like to be prepared for. But then in startup life, you can never be fully prepared. So right. yeah, I even, I even tried to prepare as much as we could. We were on the real, um, earlier this year in January and, um, did my best to make sure, you know, our, our site would stay up, servers would stay up, and our site still crashed from all the people wow. who came. Yeah, Graphic. so it's kind of like, you can do the best you can, and then just sometimes, yeah, stuff happens. <laughs> right. So, yeah, so that's, that's kind of, you know, where my mind went as I thought about it and asking that
2: question. hmm You know, you, you have such confidence and this is, it's so powerful, I, I, en- I enjoy hearing your responses. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about the fact that you're, you're like 20, 27, 28, and you've already been recognized in, in Forbes as a, a 30 on the 30 for 2016. What went into being listed there, like, you know, how, and how did you get to that point? And then, you know, how has it helped? The awareness of the brand.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a awesome moment. Um, honestly, uh, Forrest found me online, and they reached out to they they reached out to me, emailed me, and wow. um, yeah. So
2: I mean, you're has, everywhere online, though. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
1: So that that has definitely been the benefit, you know, of getting a lot of coverage on our business. As much as we've evolved over the years, you know, our story is really out there and the things that we have accomplished thus far. And, um, you know, one of their writers found us online and reached out and I was like, wow, this is awesome. But it, to me, it felt like it's going back to the law of attraction because I remember sitting down and writing out my life plan and what I wanted to accomplish that this year in my life. And one of the things I put on there was being on the 430 30 under 30 list. So no that way. So that was just a matter of manifesting, things manifesting when you put it out in the universe. Because, wow. Yeah, they ended up contacting me and then I only had to provide my date of birth. So they can, you know, in fact, verify that um, I am 28 years old. Um, and then I was contacted that I was a finalist. And next thing I know, I was actually watching the reel when we were, our interview was on there. And then I got a tweet that saying, congratulations, we're out for 30 in 30. So that's how I found out. So <laughs> that's uh-huh. how that all happened. Yeah. <laughs> that
2: is, that is pretty cool.
1: Yes. So- I'm very grateful. Very grateful
2: for that. That's a big blessing. So let's talk about brand awareness, right? I mean, you guys have gotten so much press coverage, as I mentioned a minute ago. You know, what's, what's some cost-effective ways that you guys have found to to market the brand as a startup?
1: Yes, yeah, so the most cost-effective way is pre-press. That's my first answer. My second answer is just knowing how knowing how to spend money Via social media, mm-hmm. and so I say the first question because the art of getting press is knowing how to tell your story well. outlets are always looking for a great story. That's what press is all about. and so if you can if you can master the basic story of what you're doing and what differentiates you you Know, Alex will take that and run with it. And we've gotten right. that has been really the source of all of our brand awareness is through articles that have come out and people being able to read about us. And then that, right. that directs them to our website. Right. And,
2: and then build so, community from there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And then I would say the flip side of that's the free way. If you want to be cost effective with. Some type of budget, you know, find your niche community on social media because now the most important thing with cost-effective marketing is being able to know how many people you will reach with a certain amount of money. If you have $100, how can you target 100 people that are the exact target niche that you're trying to reach, which will give you a really high percentage of conversion and reaching the right people, and then you'll know your cost your cost per customer is a right. dollar, you know? Yeah. So that's what's what, what being cost effective. It's like you're not just spending the money, seeing what happens. You actually know, okay, if I spend this You dollar, know
2: the ROI, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You and can see I spent a yeah. dollar and I'm able to sell a product for $10. Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Exactly. That's, that's the most important thing you can figure out in the beginning because mm-hmm. then... Um, you'll know you'll know your ROI on how to get customers. You know, if uh fifty dollars will help me bring five hundred dollars in business or right. if you give interest or, or company, not. <laughs> or not, right. Then it's, it's it's good to figure out that is because then you can figure out what's gonna work. It's um if you can spend small quantities. So you can have low risk of testing out what works and what doesn't work. But then once you figure out what works, then you can say, okay, if I get funded, I'm going to tell my investors that this fifty thousand dollars is going to customer acquisitions for marketing through this channel because I've already tested that fifty dollars will bring me back fifty customers or something, and so that's right. how you do the numbers of how you you know get get the most cost effectiveness out of marketing to
2: build your brand. It's so really important for again, guys, if if you're listening to this, ROI return on investment. This uh, social media is great at doing that. Kind of your you know, you've echoed to me, you know, your creative mind and I just think you're just a super cool science girl, right, with an amazing business, and, and you're really redefining a path for for young girls on the come up. With regard to STEM, what can young girls and, and women, really, with a, an interest, a, interest in, in science and technology and, and engineering, what would be your advice to them on how they could equip themselves for, for succeeding in this path?
1: Yes, great question. Um, I would say always... Continue learning as much as you can and and start early as well um, because even myself, I wish I would have started even earlier um, mm-hmm. in terms of coding and programming and just be, be, being really equipped with knowledge in my field. The repetition is the key to mastery. And the more you can practice your skills, and the more you can really just absorb a lot of knowledge through reading and, um, and and applying what you what you've learned, you'll really build an intelligence that helps you learn new things faster. And then also in different environments, you'll have a lot of confidence to feel like you really prepared. And you're and you're capable of achieving. And so I, I think we are smart women. You know that that's. That's a given. Um, anyone who pursues STEM, you're uh, you're already way above a large percentage of society who would never want to even go into STEM. So you're mm-hmm. already ahead of the game. I think what holds us back is um our own minds, and, and sometimes we feel intimidated or sometimes we feel isolated. That's the thing that really holds us back, so I think that the more you can be confident in yourself and reinforce how smart and capable you are, then as you progress throughout your career, you will really um just continue building yourself up and not really retreat and think that it's not for me. And so right. I would say, you know, just always always remind yourself how smart you are and how capable you are. And, you know, that that's really
2: half the battle. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. So, Candice, it could just be random, but I, I saw a couple of the people on your team, on your website with the last name Mitchell. And I'm, I'm making a, an assumption that they're family. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong on that. But, you know, with that said, how has how is, how is family had an effect on you and on the business?
1: Yes. Yeah, so they are, yes. Uh, my family members. Um, and I would say they're successful in the business, number one. Uh, my family has been a thousand, a so thousand percent supportive of my entrepreneurial dreams. I mean, from the beginning with me quitting my job to moving back home, I've been living with my parents since day one of running my company and, you know, they support me and they, they've they helped me so much. And so on a personal level, it's been really that support, that support system that has really kept me strong throughout this journey so far. Um, on top of that, the very beautiful thing that happened was a lot of the skills that my mother, my mother and my sister have been team members of our company probably going on a year now skills uh-huh. that they've developed in their own careers were the exact skill sets that we needed in our company at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was just a natural thing um, because startups, you always need help. And sometimes you can afford to hire the best person and sometimes you just need all hands on deck. And so, one of those types of situations, you know, my mom is executive level of customer care at Home Depot, which is number one in customer care out of all Fortune 500 companies. And we were establishing our customer care division at the time. So, why would I not bring in, you know, my mom's help with that who has been had several awards in her role and really helped us build that division. And Mm -hmm. then um, my sister also brought a lot of skills and talents in terms of our our creative uh, content as well as really tapping into the college market here in Atlanta. As ambassadors and interns, so mm-hmm. you know this kind of situation where you know we were in a, a huge growing stage and we needed more support, and so you know thankfully they were able to jump right in, and <laughs> so so yeah, so that's that's how that all came about, and there's nothing like having people who you know will do whatever it takes right there with you, so
2: great to have family support um, behind you and great to have them there in the business now and be able to to provide for them and and their family. Mm-hmm. That's that's just awesome. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have this brand that, you know, has all the success. How do you keep pushing yourself forward and, and keep from falling into comfort zones with, with what you're doing?
1: You know what? It's just It's knowing our potential and keeping your eyes on the prize. I mean, that's really what it comes down to um, because I'm never, never complacent because I know how much we're capable of. And until we're like a billion-dollar business, I'm always going to be like, there's always more we can do and there's always, you know, that next level that we should be pushing for. And so I really I, I came to a point where I that I'm not going to let any any type of award or status be like a mark of something we achieved. I I see it as just validation that we're on the right path. So the more we are awarded and recognized for different things and have different opportunities, there's just more validation, more proof. So that actually makes you go harder. Like it makes you more... Step on the
2: gas more. Yeah,
1: it pushes you, right? It gives you that you know, the fuel to be, you know, to keep going. And so, you know, that's why it's never like a, you know, let's, let's stop and chill. It's like, oh gosh, let's keep going. We got this, we got that. <laughs> we got <laughs> to keep pushing. So I changed my mindset, like, because if you can, if if you can envision it that way, then you'll never get to a point where you, where you feel, you know, com- complacent or you're like, okay, it, it's always just about, having more drive and more ambition because there's more to accomplish. And so that's, that's my perspective on it. Um, and and also knowing, I mean, it's it's an exciting time, and um, you know, just where I am in my life, you know, I'm still young and single, and I can I have the 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 luxury to really set my own schedule, do what it takes. So you really have to make the most of those years, because you never know when things will change, you know. So you got to make the most of it while you can.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Before you get some crumb snatchers of your own, you know. Right. So. <laughs>
1: This might be a different story.
2: definitely keep your foot on the pedal absolutely <laughs> so Candice, we' we're, we're nearing the end of, of today's session but we you know we'd like to have you share some resources with with our listeners um, mm-hmm. help them sharpen their mind and look to resources they might not might not have explored before mm-hmm. could you share with me you know like a book you've read in the past year that's inspired you
1: yes so um a book I read in the past year is called Super Writ by Russell Simmons and our, the first time I read it was probably 2011 or 2012, but I recently read it again. And it inspired me so much because it puts the right frame of mind about money and about being rich. And the fact, the true meaning is that being rich is the state of being. It's realizing that You are abundant and and you are rich. And so therefore you have the ability to produce things that create value in the world that provide that wealth. So it's not really striving to be rich, it's realizing that you are already rich. And it's inspirational because I think sometimes we can get into um, a rut. of of wanting to attain a certain level of wealth, of prestige. You know, of course, we're in business, so it's about the money. But if you can come to a place of understanding that it's really an inside-out game, it's how you cultivate yourself on the inside that manifests these things on the outside world, I promise you, your life will change. So that's, like, one of the best things I I recently read. Um, and it really keeps me, it keeps me humble. It keeps me focused on, um, my inner self. And that, yeah. that, that is what actually will help you realize that you can actually, what you can see in your mind and what you believe can actually happen.
2: Oh, it's awesome. Uh, I'll have to, to check out that oh. book for sure. Yeah. What's something small you've done this month that you're proud of?
1: Um, something small. Um, I I just wrote my first book. I kind of feel like that's small. I know you said small, but what? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's small because it's like a quick read. It's an e-book. Um, but I'm very proud because it's the first time that I've ever put my thoughts on paper to share with other people I'm such like an introvert and this is like my first time doing something like this so I'm very proud of that
2: so you're thinking to just are you thinking to make it public like on Amazon or something
1: oh I might. I know it's, it's, definitely <laughs> be, it's definitely going to be an ebook. Um I'm going to self-publish. So whatever names are out there, I'm definitely going to put it out there. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of that because I, I finally, going back to my creative expression side, I finally got something out. Right. <laughs> you know, that's a... That's an accomplishment. Speak to that
2: skill set. Yeah. Right. That's cool. So quick question. Can a trailblazer have too many goals?
1: I don't think so. But what I will say is it's all about timing. You can't have too many goals at once because you will overextend yourself and that will shorten the path of a trailblazer. But I don't see anything wrong with having multiple goals that you want to achieve as long as you're in alignment and you are open to them coming to pass it at the right time. Right. So, yeah.
2: Awesome. Name an online resource. It could be an app, software, or tool that you use every day in your business and you can't live without it.
1: Gmail. <laughs> I would say <laughs> Gmail, Google Drive. We use so many Google apps. Our business is crazy. Um awesome. I'll definitely say that's the one, one that we can load it out for sure.
2: That's important. I, I'm a Gmail nut as well. <laughs> um, why is it important to volunteer and give back with your time, talents, and treasures?
1: It's important because someone is waiting to see you doing what you're doing to know that they can do it too. Right. And I think about myself, like I always wanted to see a black female computer scientist. And I remember like maybe my sophomore year, I saw this graduate student um, in the lab and I remember at that moment, I was like, okay, I can do this. I can finish this out. And so I volunteer a lot, um, whether it's speaking at a school or for a workshop or tutoring, um, because people need to see you. They need to see visible examples. Um, And so that's why it's very important to reach back and, and go into your local communities Um, because that's what trailblazers do. You're, you're blazing a trail for them, the people who can, um, who are, who are visualizing you and your craft. And so it's, it's definitely, it's definitely necessary. Um, as we blaze trails, you know, moving forward, we have to remember for blazing trails for people to come behind us as well.
2: Mm-hmm. It's very important. That's very important. Um, Candice, we invite our guests at the end of each interview to take a couple minutes, impart some actionable wisdom, tips, strategies, or just some motivational message that can help us you know, and help the listeners, really, to begin to elevate their game right now. So take a couple minutes and help us blaze or
1: trail. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think the most actionable advice that I can give is to always believe in yourself. And believe in yourself when everything goes wrong and you're against all odds and you don't know how something's going to work and you don't know what's going to happen. That's the moment in which it's of utmost importance to continue believing in yourself because you will face that at some time. And it's a time when people often give up, but it should be, it can be a time that provides the greatest breakthrough in what you're facing. So always remember to believe in yourself. Reach out for help, you know, there's always someone watching you who has the power to bless you. I heard that during a speech one day at a conference and that has always stuck with me. So don't be afraid to ask for help either because, you know, as a trailblazer, you know, it can, it can always sometimes feel that the weight is on your shoulders and you have to get everything done. But guess what? There's, there are people around you who are ready and willing to help and we should never be too full of ourselves to ask for help, you know, so someone can provide something that really changes your life or, or changes, you know, whatever situation you might be facing. And, um, you know, continue learning and, and always stay humble. And um, so those would be my words of wisdom, for sure.
2: That's very powerful. <laughs> I'm, I'm so amazed by your, your, your wisdom, um, which you. is awesome.
1: Thank you. Candice,
2: I just want to take... 30 seconds quickly uh, before we wrap up here um, to acknowledge you. You know, you took a bold step as a smart, creative young woman. And I'm certain that as a a black woman with a degree in computer science, you know, you could have gone on to a very respectable um, title with Pepsi or really any other corporation, right? Or institution, and instead you took a bold step and you, you began your own business and, you know, I'm listening to you and you've, you've pushed through the envelope, you know, of, of fear and and failure, and you know you're you're 28, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and already you're being acknowledged by Forbes and Black Enterprise and and all the rest. And you know what what I appreciate, you know, you talked about doing the market research, and you know today you're providing a needed solution for women and girls all over the world with Mayavana. And in the process, you're creating new possibilities for this next generation. You know, like my daughter, who's who's now almost six, you know, she's seeing how, you know, science and tech can be applied to to starting, you know, your own brand. And Mm -hmm. so I just want to say thank you very much for all you're doing and that you will continue to do. And, um, you know, we're we're appreciative of you being on this episode and sharing your wisdom with us.
1: Thank you. No problem. And I I truly appreciate it. And as much as it encourages other people, it encourages myself as well. So I'm happy, you know, people have something to gain from what I have to share. And, um, you know, I look forward to more great things to come.
2: Absolutely. So before we let you go, please tell our community how we can stay connected with you. And then we'll wrap up for today.
1: Oh, yes, for sure. Um, you can uh, connect with me on my website. It's com. Um, it has all my social media information. You can reach me via email. Um, and, of course, I would love for you to check out you know, my company website. It's com, a personalized hair care service recommending products, services, and content for your hair type and texture. And um, I'm very honored to be on the podcast today. So thank you guys so much.
2: Kenneth, thank you so much for taking time away to, you know, share your inspiring story with us. You know, we, we value you. We appreciate you. I wish you all the best for continued success with your brand.
1: Thank you so much. And much success to you as well.
0: Thank you. Well, that's it, guys. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. I really hope you enjoyed Candace's story. I'll post links to her website and social channels, along with recommendations for a book and resources on our show notes page at tvpod.com slash episode 12. A couple days ago, Megan in Nevada shared with me on Twitter that she went ahead and shared the podcast with her niece, who's a counselor at a high school in New Orleans. And, you know, we want to keep hearing more stories like that. So guys, please do me a favor today and share this podcast with a family member or a friend or even someone you might not know, but could be someone in your community that could share the podcast with people that need to hear this. Invite them to listen to this episode or any other episode you think might have, might impact them most. Now guys, you have the power to help get the word out and put these powerful messages in front of those who it might have the greatest impact with. Someone listening to this episode today can and will be changed by candace's message and going to change the world for many others in the process so once again thank you all so very much for listening to the trailblazers podcast